The following program, the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian Wickert and Tim Holtman. Hey, good morning. I'm Brian Wickert, the majority owner of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors, along with my son-in-law, Tim Holtman, who's filling in for his brother-in-law, David, this morning. Welcome, Tim. Good morning, Brian. Happy to be here. If you've got a call, a question, or a comment, you can call or text us on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, which is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. All right, so, uh, Tim, the Fed raised rates on uh, Wednesday by a quarter percent, and yep. mortgage rates went down. What? Love to see that. Yeah, we like that. <laughs> and uh, the main reason is that the Fed, when they, quote, air quotes here, raise rates. They're only raising one rate, the overnight rate that banks cha- charge each other. Right. And uh, that's called the Fed funds rate. And uh, the mortgage, of course, is a long-term yeah. debt, 30 years. is mm-hmm. a lot longer than overnight. And and so what mortgages are always concerned about, mortgage rates are, hey, what's inflation going to be? And, and that's really what the Fed has been battling by raising rates. Now we have this mini banking crisis. Well, it did bring down one of the largest, oldest banks in Europe, uh, Credit Suisse, uh, last weekend. Right. And uh, their government forced them to get purchased by another Swiss bank. So so that's not good. And then well, as the week went on, we had a German bank now. Its stock is called Deutsche Bank, is, is under pressure. But... All of that uncertainty in the world, uh, which again, folks, if you've got less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars deposited in, in the bank, you're okay. You're a hundred percent safe there. Uh, in the general tone, though, is that big money managers are buying safer assets like interest-bearing mortgages and U.S. Treasuries. So, Tim, where are we at with uh, mortgage rates here as we ended the week at low overhead Acunet? Yeah, so for all the right stuff, uh, Acunet can actually get you a rate with a 5 in front of it. What? Uh, our, our trophy rate would be a 5.5% rate with an APR of 5.652. Uh, that does come with a point and a half. so if that's a little bit rich for some people's blood, then we can get you a 5.99% rate where the APR is only 6.028 that only comes with a quarter of a point which if you're buying a three hundred thousand dollar home with 25 percent down that amount of points is only 563 bucks which okay. is very easy to stomach especially to get that rate with a five you in front are of on the front lines of mortgage lending every day and on the weekends and the yep. evenings <laughs> well, what do most people do they go with the trophy rate what's your i mean you know it, it's all about personal comfort level is what i say to my customers right so i, I let them know what all the options are we do this uh, break-even, you know, analysis to figure out, well, how long should you try to keep this mortgage to justify this extra investment in points? Upfront, you yep. know, if extra you are, cost. If, yeah, if you are going to buy down the rate. Uh, for some people, it, it makes them feel good to get their monthly mortgage payment under a certain number. Know, number. Okay. Uh, so p- some people are focused on that. Other people are focused on uh, how much money am I bringing to the closing table in total, right? So for those people, uh, I do see them picking... Um, 
rates with less points or no points, especially as rates have started to come down organically on their own. Well, and you were telling me before we went on the air, you're starting to have some folks who purchased in fall at the peak of yeah, rates yeah. Uh, come back and and uh, refinance. What yep. are you, what are you, give me an example of that? Yeah, and I, I think we're we're really good at that at Acunet to take care of our family of past customers. Uh, and you know, when rates were at their peak uh, in in the fall, you know, I had a couple people buy uh, went that had a seven in front of their Ooh. rates, believe it or not, and it was you know they, these people had good credit and. and all the right stuff, but it's just where rates were at. Um, and I have a system built where I can see, hey, are any of those people maybe in the money, as we call it, you know, mm-hmm. eligible to to save uh, and, and get a lower interest rate? So helping a couple of those people right now refinance at no loan costs. So that's what? no cost financed into the loan okay. uh, and also no cost period because we're giving them a lender credit for the new title work and, okay. and things that go into a new mortgage. Can we use the uh, appraisal from uh, fall? One of them, we got a, a outright waiver, uh, appraisal waiver for okay. Fannie Mae's automated underwriting system. The other one, we are recertifying the appraisal. Yeah, yeah. So it's so, just as good. And that's good news for Wisconsin homeowners. Uh, refinance costs, and same in Northern and all of Illinois really, are yeah. really low. Right. So, you know, that's the argument for taking a higher rate and not paying the points is if you believe uh, that mortgage rates are going to go down in the next couple of years, Mm -hmm. which most uh, economists believe is going to be the fact. Most people are predicting that. Yeah. Uh, Then, then, you know, why pay to get that rate today uh, that you might be able to get for free in the future? So keep the money in your pocket, stomach the slightly higher monthly payment, you know, for the meantime until we can refinance you down. And we'll do the math so you can make an informed decision and it's really kind of black and white easy once you understand the math. Hey, there was an article every Sunday morning I always Google, you know, housing market. And this week's article from Newsweek that I want to pick on had the headline, quote, how the housing market could collapse if banking crisis contagion spreads. Uh, And I want to let you know I read that article and there was nothing even in the article and the uh, interviewee who was the deputy chief economist of Moody's Analytics that would lead you to believe that there was any correlation or chance of collapse. What? Yeah, it was kind of a very (laughs) mysteriously made up uh, headline. But nonetheless, it got you to click on it. Got me to click. Right. And and folks, this is all about supply and demand. And uh, when we come back from our first break here, uh, we're going to have a a, a guest call in from one of Tim's clients who he just helped because it's different in different parts of the country. Southeastern Wisconsin, we think it's still a seller's market. Maybe not so in Florida where this uh, relocating home shopper was buying. We'll get to that right after this. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM 620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Good morning and welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. Uh, I am Tim, joined by Brian Wickard in the studio as well. Uh, and we've got a special uh, treat, I think, for this show. We've got a customer of mine calling in by the name of Donovan May. And uh, Donovan and I connected a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and actually, I want to uh, have Donovan describe it from his perspective as the customer. Donovan, are you with us here? Yes, I'm here. Good morning, Tim. Hey, good morning, Donovan. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you and I, I, I looked at our calendar. We, we connected about two weeks ago, almost to the day. And uh, you are you have an accepted offer to buy a home in Florida. So why don't you just tell me a little bit about the, the mortgage shopping experience here? 
I'm sure, sure. You know, I'm, a, I'm an avid shopper. I probably got six quotes uh, when I was going through uh, through the process. And I picked a picked a, a, a mortgage company. They had uh, the best rate. They did have an origination fee, but uh, you know, it wasn't that bad when I looked at the mm-hmm. at the total package. And yeah. um, I gave them all of the data they needed. They needed two of everything: the last two statements, uh, retirement, all my bank accounts, um, W-2s, uh, paychecks, uh, all as one package. I gave it over to them. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now there were a few questions. Um, at the beginning, you know, do you have insurance? So no, but I picked insurance. Um, and then uh, a lot of I got a lot started to get a lot of questions um, that were obvious in the data. Uh, the first problem I ran into was, well, uh, we need proof that your your earnest money is cleared. So I sent them a copy what? of the cleared check. Donovan, this is Brian. Donovan, this is Brian. Wait, so first of all. That wasn't us. Let's just clarify. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, these are the other. This guys. wasn't Academic Mortgage no. that was asking these questions. You went, you picked, no, you know, no. Brand X, Brand X. But what they they were wanting to you to prove that you your earnest money check had cleared. That seems a little um, correct. Evil. Correct. So, yes. Yeah, so I provided that information, and I got a letter from the title company that said my my earnest money had had cleared. Um, and and then there, there was I had done some uh, moving around of money. Uh, the earnest money was a little higher than usual. Um, the, the the sellers were a little concerned because it was a big deal for them. So I, I didn't mind. I was a serious buyer. And then it was well, where did this money transfer come from? And I, it was well, if you look at my other accounts, you can see that it transferred from this account to this account. Um, yeah, and, and Donovan, fine. I, I want to point away. out that looking at your bank statements, that was plain as day after spending literally about two and a half minutes on a Saturday looking at your bank statements when reconnected. I mean, it wasn't like there was this massive paper trail you had to follow. We had two months bank statements from the account that the money came from and the account that the money went to. So, so it's very is Brian, basic. So, right. Brian, again, right. Donovan, how, how, what, what was the breaking point at which you decided, I'm going to switch horses? Uh, so last Friday, uh, Friday before last, I had spent time on the phone with the, the second the second layer person, um, and I had provided over time re-provided documents that had been provided. So I'm on the phone, and this woman is asking me questions. Well, where did this? You know, we don't have this Do- documents I'd provided. And I was on the phone with her. I said, "Well, give me. I'll, I'll send them directly to you again." So some of these documents I had provided three times. So I'm like, "Okay, here. I'll send you this. Did you get it?" Yes, I got it. Okay, I'll send you this. I did. So we're good. I'm off the phone. We're, we're a week and a half from closing, uh, the Friday before the next Monday. And I'm like, okay, we're good. And I hang up, and I'm, you know, I'm thinking about, okay, we're done. At 7 o'clock that Friday, I'm on the, the West Coast, so hours after they close business, um, I got an email that asked for four documents that I'd already provided again. Oh boy! Oh, and geez. I just—that's like done. the biggest pet done. peeve of, of all customers. Yeah, to to get right. triple right. and quadruple asked for the same document. All right, so let's just uh, take right. a quick break right. here, and when we come back, we're going to ask uh, you to tell what happened next because I think you picked up the phone and called Tim. Sure. You're listening to the Academic. Stick around, Donovan. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM six twenty WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wecker on WTMJ. 
And also my son-in-law, Tim Holden, senior loan consultant, and we're lucky enough to have one of his relocating clients uh, call into the show. We've got Donovan May on the line with us, who was just explaining he he had chosen initially to go with uh, a different lender, I think somebody that may have been recommended by your real estate agent, uh, but then was getting a bad feeling when they committed the number one sin in mortgage lending is asking the customer for the same document more than twice. And so then I believe it was about eight days before closing. I believe your closing, is it tomorrow or Tuesday, Donovan? It is tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. So you're you're closing tomorrow, and uh, you call Tim, I think, on a Saturday, or you guys kind of get hooked up. And uh, how was was our experience compared to that uh, uh, first uh, not-so-good one? Well, so I sent the exact same package. Uh, I already had a zip file, right? Because I'd sent it out to several lenders, so it was ready to go. Um, I did have a couple more documents because I'd already picked insurance. Um, you know, I, I had a few more documents I didn't have at the very beginning with the other lender. But I sent the package. You know, Tim took an hour or two maybe to look at it um, and said, we can get this done. And I, I was a little concerned about my closing. It was eight days away. Um but Tim said everything looks good, um, and then I'll, I'll submit it Monday morning. Monday morning, I get a letter from um, an under the, the, the woman prepping my file for underwriting, yep. and it says, "Here's the list of all the things you need," and it was blank. And I was like, Here we go. <laughs> there you I'm go. Where I need we- to be. I'm where I need to be. I gave them everything they needed, and they're happy Beautiful. with that package. And I got zero questions. I didn't and we have, had I didn't your have loan, I think, question. approved in like uh, uh, two days. And Wednesday morning. For Wednesday morning. Yep. Beautiful. Wednesday morning. After, after Let me Monday. ask you another question. So you're buying in Cape Coral. What's the real estate market like in Cape Coral? Well, I think it's pretty hot. There are a lot of homes for sale. Now, there are a lot of homes, um, but it's, uh, you know, well, the, the house I purchased, they had made the mistake of putting it on the market at a really high price six months ago. So they had lowered the price, lowered the price, lowered the price. And, you know, people don't really look at homes that have been on the market for six months because the first thing I say is, well, what's wrong with this home? Right. Right. Um, But they I was their first offer and they were, you know, we it was it was I started the process on Thursday. By Saturday, I picked a home and had a contract. Um, I'm an easy shopper. Right. I knew what I like. And we were done. And there, were there? Did you? You were the only offer. Were there other plenty of other homes that you could have chosen from? So the inventory was decent. And the inventory was good. There, there were a lot of you know. I wasn't looking for a large home. There was even a brand new uh, four bedroom, two bath, two story, brand new uh, that actually was a little bit less than than the property I decided to purchase. But it was on a okay. canal, and that okay. was a, that was a plus. A well, lot thanks of, so lot much homes, for though. a lot of homes. Thanks on the market. so. Thanks so much for calling into the show today and, and uh, kind of being an illustration for what Tim does every day and what, what all of our loan consultants do uh, every day, which is provide customer service that inspires uh, word-of-mouth uh, referrals. So thanks a lot. We'll, we'll Hopefully, rates will come down some more, and we'll have a chance to do it again. Thanks for calling in, Donovan. Thanks for calling in, Donovan. Yep. Appreciate you. All right, Tim. Thank well you. done, buddy. Um, so, you know, I, I got an email from an agent that I know in Naples, Florida, and unlike Wisconsin, where we're going to talk about market conditions after the news, uh, right now, overall inventory, so this is in Collier County, where Naples is the county seat, uh, inventory is up here in, in, in Naples 
131%. Wouldn't we love to see that in southeastern Wisconsin? That would be awesome. <laughs> um, days on market up 129% compared to a year ago. So yeah. average days on market in Naples now 55 days. So. Wow. That's more than double yep. from where it was a year ago. And yet the number of closed sales is down 17%. Mm-hmm. So that would tell you, you know, you don't have to be an economics professor to look at the at these numbers or listen to these numbers and, and understand that supply is going up. Demand, you know, demonstrated by overall closed sales is going down. Yeah, and not keeping pace with the increase in supply at the very least. Yeah. That's right. And so things are, are dragging out in terms of how long it's taking people to uh, get an accepted offer. And by right. the way, Cape Coral is like uh, just to the north in, I believe, Lee County. You, you know, you've got Naples, then mm-hmm. you've got uh, Fort Myers, and then Cape Coral and yeah. Fort Myers are twin cities. Yep, just west of, of Fort Myers, basically, yeah. yeah. And, and so you've got a totally different situation uh, in that marketplace. And yet, just by the way, the median closed sales price is still up 9% from a year ago. So that's right. a little weird. Well, and I, th- I think that's important to know, too, just the difference in county. Because it's like we can't compare Milwaukee County sales to, that's you know, Vilas County in northern Wisconsin. Oh, no, so well, the that's same, right. These same are, concept. All right. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about what the supply and demand situation is in southeastern Wisconsin. But right now, it's time to turn it over to the 24-hour newsroom and Adam Roberts. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. I'm Brian Wickert. That's Tim Holdman over there, my son-in-law and one of our top senior loan consultants at Hello. AccuNet Mortgage. And remember, if you've got a question or comment, you can call or text us on the Old National Bank talk and text line, which is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. All right, so um, one thing that might be getting old for home shoppers is the uh, paucity, the scarcity, the dearth of available homes for sale in southeastern Wisconsin. Last week, our unscientific survey of accepted offers facilitated by uh, real estate agents in southeastern Wisconsin uh, told us that three out of four uh, home shoppers were paying over asking. Um, this week's unscientific, unscientific sample has 50% paying over asking. Uh, maybe this is a little bit more aged, but if we want to look at closed sales in February, so those would have been you know people that got accepted offers in December and December January, and January mostly, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. some of the very early part, but um, we had 43% of closed sales. This is in the five-county Milwaukee metropolitan area. Single-family and condos uh, combined. 43% paid over asking. Yeah, that's uh, a a good amount. And, you know, I think what I find interesting about that, too, is that over a five-county area, I mean, the hottest markets, I would imagine if you dug even a little bit more uh, specific in the areas, would see a higher percentage of, you know, homes going over asking, you know. (laughs) Brookfield, Wauwatosa, you know, Menominee Falls, you know, Pewaukee, where that demand is even higher. You know, just from my own customers, I'm seeing you're not even going to be in the running to have your offer offer looked at if you're unless you're at least you know five percent or more above the list price. So, and and that is an increase in February. In uh, January, only thirty six percent. Uh, of uh, closed sales were over the asking price. And by the way, the forty three percent number. 
takes us back to the summer level of 2019. Oh, okay. 2019. Right, 2019. So pre-pandemic pre-COVID, takes us back yeah. to that. But um, compared to this last summer, like May was the peak when 70% of home yeah. shoppers had to pay over asking. By the way, right. another little nugget, 21% of uh, home buyers using a real estate agent in February paid 10000 or more. Okay. Over asking, yeah. uh, to your point. Now, Jerry Sirkatich, uh, one of my partners, another senior loan consultant and sometimes uh, co-host of the show here, he pointed out uh, to me on Monday that, hey, Brian, you're talking about how many people are paying over asking. you got to tell the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say, <laughs> which is we're not having appraisals come in low. Right. It's, it's rare. So somebody's paying 20 grand over the asking price, the appraisers are coming back and saying, yeah, that's a believable number. The market supports that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that can be twofold. One is it is a definite strategy, and this was one of Jerry's points as well, that a homeowner and a real estate agent might say, hey, we think we're going to actually be able to get 425 for this house, but let's start out at 399. Yeah, let's let's get those people shopping in the threes because then, you know, it'll spur more competition and, and we'll probably arrive at around 425 for a final right. offer price you know, anyway. Rather than maybe going out at 410. Yeah, and then getting less offers and less competition. So, yeah. so the thing to remember, folks, is the listing price, the asking price is a made up number. Yeah, it's entirely right? made up. Now, what we want to encourage people to do is work with a knowledgeable buyer's agent who can say, hey, look, let's look at supply and demand. Let's look at other recent closed sales and we'll see what those have gone for. Yeah. Because that's... That's what an appraiser is going to do anyways. They have to look for comps, and those are closed transactions. Comps staying for comparable sales. Comparable sales comps. Um, Yeah, and so that's how the appraiser does his or her job. And always remember and never forget that the appraiser gets a copy of the offer to purchase, including the sales price. Correct. Yeah. And I think a lot of listing agents will also uh, let the appraiser know Hey, uh, and we had 10 offers, right? You know, <laughs> four over asking or, you know, yeah. something like that. Cause even that alone supports the fact that people are willing to pay this price, right? Uh, ultimately uh, uh, a house is worth whatever somebody wants to pay for it or is willing to pay for it. That's right. David, it maybe had the really all time exam, recent example of somebody paying 60 grand over the asking Jeez. price last yeah. week. And, you know, I think it was a house in the let's say 500s. Okay. So, you know, it wasn't like a $60,000 house well, going for 120. And and that's noteworthy too. You really want to say what's percentage of purchase price, right? Because a 60 grand over on a 500K home isn't as crazy as what you just said, maybe yeah. writing 60 grand over on you a $200,000 home. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. So, and that appraisal came in, uh, I think only $5,000 under. Yeah. You know, the accepted offer price, yeah. and, and they had already pre baked into the uh, offer to purchase. Because remember, that's a box you can check. Hey, am I going to require? Is that a contingency? Yeah. In order to go forward with this contract, does it have to appraise out at the agreed upon sales yeah. price? Well, or you modify it and say modify. it only needs to appraise out within sixty grand of the original, you know, purchase price. That way, if it doesn't have to come in exact, it just needs to come in close. Correct. All right. So that's the situation. Supply and demand in southeastern Wisconsin is still definitely in favor of sellers. And uh, and we're seeing multiple offers, on, yep. on, on especially on the nice properties. On the good so ones, for sure. It's you need to work with Tim 
or one of his colleagues to and your buyer's agent it's so a that team you, effort it's so a team that you can make sure. your offer as competitive as you're comfortable doing all right when we come back let's talk about uh a new const- uh, not a new condo i have a new condo story that we're kind of telling the <laughs> mine's an old saga. condo you have the but, old but there's a wrinkle condo. to it yeah let's talk about what it takes to get a condominium project approved when we come back you're listening to the Acunet mortgage and realty show on am 620 wtmj important home buying questions and answers you can count on this is the acunet mortgage and realty show with brian wickert on wtmj all right i'm brian wickert the old guy and uh, that's tim holman over there the younger taller more handsome the young tim guy holman yeah and uh, one of our senior loan consultants and my son-in-law so uh hey, let's talk condos a little bit we david and i were talking last week about a new construction condo and so when we're ever we're talking about condominium um financing we have to understand mm, how much documentation do i need to get uh in order to prove to the mortgage world that this condominium is normal let's call it healthy, healthy, normal. And so if you put 10% or more down, we can get by with what's called a limited condo review, which is awesome piece of cake for us. Yeah. But we're really turning a blind eye to a lot of things. Right. And so one of the things, if you put down less than 10% or you're purchasing a new construction condo, then the mortgage world wants to take a deeper dive right and so one of the things we have to look at in addition to the declarations which is like the constitution of the condominium it's bylaws which are like its rules and regulations covenants conditions and restrictions uh we also have to look at the budget and so tell us what happened on your recent uh purchase with three percent down which is why we're taking the deep dive right and you know the way i try to i guess put it in english to my buyers to maybe set a healthy expectation is like listen when you are buying a condo and when we are lending money on a condo we have to uh, you're buying into a community you're not buying just a standalone structure like you are with a single family home so logically we have to make sure that the community that we're lending money on isn't being horribly mismanaged or run into the ground and something that you should care about too as a future occupant and resident in that community right, right? and yeah the the willful ignorance of the limited review at 10 percent down is uh preferable from our perspective as the lender but i had some buyers who uh, really could only do the three percent down route which is uh there you can qualify for that as a first-time home buyer you're allowed to put three percent down on a condo but what that uh, triggered is this full condo review and unfortunately in in my customer's case it did reveal some uh, some red flags, particularly with the budget, where we looked at last year's budget. And again, I'm no accountant, but I, I came to the same conclusion that the underwriter did. You add up the total revenue compared to the total expenses, and it seemed that their expenses exceeded their revenue by about $180,000. That is a lot. Now, this is a 157-unit existing condo. Yeah, so. uh, been existence forever, which in a way kind of made it harder because when we went back to the property manager to ask some follow-up questions, they uh, uh, kind of bristled or scoffed at the fact that we were even asking for any additional information. They said, which, I've, I've never had to answer these questions that's before. Right. Well, maybe because you haven't had anybody buy with less than 10% down lately. You know, exactly, that, yeah. That's, Especially that's since this, like, how long ago did this become such a pain point? You know, three years ago, four years ago? I, I can't remember exactly. Well, the, the full condo review actually oh, has been in place for forever. a long time. Yeah. yeah, right. But it's just when do you have to apply that? By the way, if it's a second home, if you're doing a vacation home, then the threshold uh, for down payment 
payment is 25 percent yeah. before you can escape a full condo review exactly but so what ended up being the case here so in this case uh there there was an explanation where there was a special assessment due to a big elevator repair project uh-huh. that they had actually been dealing with for the past three years uh in the course of my efforts to get the loan approved i even spoke with the hoa president and he said like yeah unfortunately the whole elevator thing's been kind of a nightmare yeah you know, they've uh, the, the, there have been delays in the work, you know, and, and we wouldn't pay the company until we made sure oh, the work was done okay. right. So that's why this is still showing on our books as an expense because we haven't you know, released the payments yet. And really what it came down to is if there is a good logical explanation, we just needed a, a good, helpful, detailed response. Yeah, an to explanation. Make, yeah, right. to make the, the Fannie Mae underwriter comfortable with approving the, the contract. Right. That the I mean, since, and so, folks, the other thing we often see as a failure whenever we dig into a budget, when we're forced to, yeah. is that, hey, maybe they're covering all the expenses, which you would think would be the minimum, but you also have to have a 10% light item reserve. Right. To meet yeah. which Fannie they, Mae. Which they did have. They okay. did have adequate reserves. All right. But that's uh, another thing that we often see as a failure, especially in small condominiums. So yeah. just the thing to remember when you're buying an economy, human nature is to assume everything's, everything's fine. fine. Everything's fine. Of course they're fine. Well, wait a minute. Are they really putting aside enough money for, for that future elevator replacement or repair right. for the roofs on all the buildings, for the windows that are going to get, and yeah. I would tell you most condominiums don't. Yeah. And which, they end up coming up with this thing called a special assessment. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Everybody chip in an extra 10 grand. Yeah. And you've got to hope everybody's got that money. Right. All right. When we come back, let's talk again about how awesome and low rates are, but also in this tight inventory market in southeastern Wisconsin, uh, what can home shoppers do to maximize their chances of getting their offer accepted? We'll cover that when we come back. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And also senior loan consultant and son-in-law, Tim Holdman. Thanks again for filling in today, Tim. My pleasure. Always happy to do it. So, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about how in southeastern Wisconsin, just by the way, there are about 2,400 active listings in the five-county metro area in the multiple listing service. And about half of them, 1,200 have offers already. Yep. I'm expecting that when we count up all the closed sales in March, we might have 1,200 sales. So we kind of have a one to two months supply, supply which yeah. is tight. Yeah. And so we continue to have plenty of people demographically want to buy homes, right? Uh, young families uh, buying, or even single, single people, young families, whatever, wanting to buy their first home to stop renting. That's a big bunch of people. But then there are a lot of other people that want to move up. Hey, I started out with a condo and now we have a baby and we want to have a house. So in this competitive market, there are certain things that uh, we can help customers do uh when we're going through the pre-approval process yeah and what do you think and keep in mind folks the seller would love to have a cash offer above asking price with no appraisal contingency no home inspection yeah you know no no financing obviously i mean that that's the that's what the the, the dream offer yeah yeah all right so when we're dealing with people obviously we're in the mortgage business what do you think is the number one most powerful uh thing that a buyer can do 
I mean, it's really, in my opinion, a combination of a couple uh, little easy things, frankly, because it's like we're not trying to make people uh, make risky offers, right? Or, right. Or, or things that are maybe putting them in a vulnerable position financially. So it's about balancing that where, hey, we want to help you make your offer as competitive as possible, but also not risk, you know, leaving you high and dry where you don't have a, an out, you know, to legally yeah. back out of the contract if you if you need to, right? So. A couple really easy things, and I know, I know you and David have talked about this before, but the rock solid pre-approval—it's a—it's a—that's the base bare necessity at this point. Is get us your income and asset documentation so we can tell that to the seller that we verify those details and that we feel super confident that we so confident that if yeah. we can't make good on that pre-approval yeah, offer, we'll, we'll Mr. Pay out seller, two grand. we'll write a check for two grand. All right, exactly. so that's one thing. What's so, the next thing? Super easy thing. Another thing uh, is that if we can verify. Uh, more assets than you actually plan on putting down, we can show that as a higher down payment on the pre-approval, which in the eyes of the seller is a little bit more appealing. They like the look of a 30, 25% down pre-approval somewhere in that range, even if maybe behind the scenes, you know, you're going to keep a lot more money in your pocket and only do 10% down, 5% down. And that's perfectly like that. legitimate as perfectly evidenced by legal. the fact that a person writing a cash offer can still, can still get go a, out mortgage, a mortgage. Yeah. Right? And a so lot of times they do. You can say, Hey, you know what? I've, I've verified, I've showed Tim and Acunet that I've got 20% to put down. I'm going to write my pre-approval letter that way. That's going to give the seller more confidence. Mm -hmm. But in the end, you can put 5% down yeah. if you want to. Another thing is kind of the, the modification of the home inspection and appraisal can contingencies, right? So you can, on a home inspection, say, hey, I'm going to protect myself against the big things. But if the home inspection reveals little ticky-tack things that don't equate to more than five grand in cost of repairs, I'm not, I'm going to worry gonna about take care those of myself. That. I'm going to take care of that myself. Same thing with the appraisal is that, you know, waiving that entirely, again, a little bit riskier for you as the buyer. Yeah, but right? a lot of people do it. Yeah. Uh, leaving a full appraisal contingency in there, not super appealing to the sellers because then they know the house has to appraise for to the dollar what the purchase price is. Well, and especially if we're writing offers over the asking price, right? Which we know at least over half of them are according yep. to the you know forty three percent data. Yeah. yeah. So the happy middle ground, the balance, is a modification where you'll tell the seller, "Hey, the house only has to appraise within X number of dollars. We'll call it you know fifteen thousand, twenty thousand yeah. within the purchase price, and as long as it comes in in that range." I'm going to buy it for the purchase price still. Okay. If it comes in super low, 50 grand low, 60 grand I'm low. I'm not buying it. Then we can, we can talk or, about Or you can lower the price down to yeah, that. It opens uh, the window to, to make some adjustments. So uh, I would say to me, that's the most appealing thing. You know, it's just thinking back on the, you know, I sold your house in Wauwatosa. Yeah, yeah. And we had two offers, both over the asking price. Mm -hmm. uh, we took and, the lower of the two, though. I remember Right, that. because the higher one had an appraisal contingency. A, a full appraisal a full, contingency. And yeah. so in reality, reality, that's the most soothing in my mind uh, from the seller's perspective is, hey, you're offering to pay me 15 grand over my asking price and you'll still buy it. Even yeah, if the appraisal right. comes in now, most 99, no, 102% of buyers and agents think that they got to come up with the money. And do they? And we only got 30 seconds. Yeah. Left. And I, all I'll say is for my customers, I want to show you this on my computer screen. I can do this with a go-to meeting. I can show you it's not nearly as scary as you think it is. If the worst-case scenario happens where the appraisal comes in low but within that range that you modified, it's only going to equate to about an $11 a month increase in your monthly payment. And how much more out-of-pocket? Zero. Depending, it all depends on the loan amount and the in the specifics. But yeah. most times we can still. Yeah. I don't want to put this? my customers in a bad spot. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today's show, folks. Rates are down. 599 with an APR of 6.1 if you got 25% uh, down on all the other right stuff. You've been listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. 
The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255-368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands.